so the first reading is Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the, lab- the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children's born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And the second reading is um, Matthew 7, verse uh, 24 to 29. The wise and foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on the rock. For everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Thanks be to God. Is that what I said? get into uh, God's Word, just to, to, to clarify something for the New Year. Those of you might have seen in the New Year's Honours list that Brian May was awarded a knighthood. Brian wanted to make it clear that it wasn't particularly him this, this day, just in case you're wondering. Uh, you might, clearly some of you weren't wondering that much, but Brian was hoping the letter might arrive uh, sometime soon. Uh, the second is I'm struck, I'm just going to qu- briefly talk this morning about prayer, and I'm struck about that uh, one of the verses, if I'd had more time this morning, in Psalm 127, to talk about the the children and the quiver and the amount of children you have, which is another sermon altogether that, that I'm going to preach. But I'll start, ask Joe about, how, about children and how important they are and all those things in that. That's kind of just a separate side. Let me pray. Father, thank you that you are a living God at work in your world. Thank you for your extraordinary faithful to us, to us this last year. But Father, we ask this morning, would you come afresh and renew us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin a new year, I'm just going to talk briefly on the topic of prayer. I'm going to go through it as a general thing rather than particularly look at the passage, but particularly I want you to hold in mind Psalm 127, a beautiful, beautiful psalm. But as you begin a new year, there's almost no Christian in the world who, if you went to them and talked to them, would say that prayer is unimportant. 
from the moment we become first aware maybe of God's extraordinary presence in the world and we maybe kind of get drawn to him as we start to think about, ooh, should I become a Christian? Is God real? And kind of we get that sense in within us that actually prayer, that kind of idea of being with God and communicating with God, is a kind of draw and a tug to pray. Actually, even those outside the Christian faith, you know, so many people talk about prayer in some kind of form. Now, we may not know a lot about prayer. We may have not read about the theology of prayer. We may not have been a Christian very long. We may not have read loads of books about prayer and know the different, different traditions around the church. But even the youngest person, the tiniest person, can know and love to pray and can know how important it is to pray. All of us, though, I'm imagining this morning, I'm just going to take an assumption. We'd probably say we'd quite like to pray a little bit more. We'd like our prayer life to be a little bit richer, a little bit better, whatever better means. But actually, we'd be less defensive and maybe guilty about where our prayer life is. Now, I'm making an assumption there. But I'd make a general suggestion that that might be true. Because actually, if I began the beginning of a new year and said, do I want to make you feel guilty this morning? I would kind of, one of the easiest things any vicar can do is to say, how's your prayer life this morning? Now, I'm not talking about theoretically. I mean, today, this last week, this last month, how is the reality of your prayer life? And most Christians will generally drop their heads and say, well, do you know, I'd love it to be so much better. I'd love it to be so much more. I'd love it to be something more than it currently is. And, you know, I'd long to be doing a little bit better in my prayer life, whatever better means. Before Joe and I headed off to theology college, however many years ago that was, about 10, 15 years ago, probably the highest proportion of books that I'd bought during the, my Christian life, that I had proportion-wise, were books on prayer. Some were my own, many of which also inherited from both my parents, who were deeply prayerful people, but prayed in quite different ways. But one of the ones he inherited was a simple book by a Norwegian pastor called uh, Ola Halsby. Ola Halsby wrote a book that he simply called Prayer. And Hullaby, like most people do when they write books about prayer, sort of tried to get to grips with what he thought prayer was about and how he could say it. And for him, he said, prayer simply starts in Revelation 3.20. Prayer begins and starts in Revelation 3.20. And I imagine there's a whole lot of people here who could quote me what Revelation 3.20 is. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Has been commented on this verse saying, To pray is nothing more than opening the door. 
To pray is nothing more than to open up, giving Jesus access to my life, to my needs, permitting him, God, to exercise his power, his presence, his love in dealing with my life. To pray is simply to open the door to Jesus. Really, really simple picture of prayer. But what does this mean? Why does he start there? What does he try to get across? And it's this, whatever our emotional state, whatever our circumstances that each one of us are facing each day, or even this morning, we simply invite Jesus into that. We don't try and keep Jesus away and try and do it on our own. We invite Jesus into our circumstances. So in other words, this morning, if the reality of your situation is that you're incredibly angry, you're deeply frustrated, you're feeling very sad, you're completely spent. If you're disappointed because lots of things you'd hoped for in the last year haven't materialized. Instead of continuing the internal dialogue that we go through in our own heads about either the people who's wronged us, the people who've kind of not seen the gifts that we've got or whatever else it is is going on in our lives, and pretending we're okay when the evidence of our lives suggests we're not okay, we simply invite Jesus in. We simply invite Jesus in and help ask for his help in our lives. So we be honest with Jesus. We get into a conversation with Jesus about the state of our lives, what's going on in our lives, and how we do with it. One writer put it this way, and has been taught, it's about being emotionally honest as well as being truthful. We tell Jesus... I'm feeling rubbish. Why that's important? Because instead of burying our emotions and pretending that we're not whole people, we allow the circumstances of our lives to be the knock of Jesus on the door of our lives and our hearts and invite him in. Instead of all the difficult things of life being a sense of, you know, somehow God's rejecting me. He's not interested in me. He's kind of blessing everybody else. But me, I've just got a hard life. I'm going to go. We say, Lord, come in to this. Help me understand. Come and work with your love and your power. Show me what to do. Show me how to pray. Teach me to pray. Now that, in a sense, seems so, that seems so simple, doesn't it? We just simply invite, open the door and invite Jesus in. But on the other hand, we also know anybody who's started to do, do that will realize that actually prayer is quite difficult too. It can't be that simple because we find prayer difficult. Why is prayer hard? I just briefly want to talk about a few things why prayer is hard. Firstly, we're far too busy. We're just too busy. We're too busy trying to fill our lives with absolutely everything that we possibly can. Work, family, leisure, everything. And we have that kind of activist Western culture that says the busier I am, the more purposeful I am and the more successful I am. And in that sense, we just get increasingly tired and weary. And somehow God and prayer end up on the sidelines. Well, actually, as someone famously wrote a book, and many people have written books and comments, we're just simply too busy to pray. Secondly, the reality is we don't often talk about it on a Sunday here. We have a spiritual enemy. 
The second reason it's difficult for us to pray is that the truth is we have an enemy of Satan and his, one of his great designs in the spiritual life is to keep us from coming to God. From actually keeping us being in relationship to God. There's a little phrase, I think it's my parents, I remember sort of growing up in church and this being quoted at different times, is Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christians, not the strongest, the weakest Christians on their knees. Prayer puts weak people like me and you in touch with the one, the God, our King, who will hold sway over all creation. Prayer connects us to the God whose power can deal with every circumstance and every problem in the world, whatever it is. Physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, God is able. Thirdly, um, one of the kind of things it's so difficult is we're confused about why we pray. Kind of actually just at the heart, prayer is that one of the main ways we develop our relationship with Christ. From kind of being a Christian, I made a commitment to be a Christian when I was about five. So I've been doing this for quite a long time. I'm still learning loads. But actually, prayer is the way we develop. We communicate with God. We communicate with Jesus. We get into conversation. And unless you get into conversation, no relationship can flourish without communication. So much family breakdown, so much difficulty in our relationship we have, particularly in our generation, is around that we struggle to communicate, not just generally, but about things that are important. And the same is true in our relationship with God. We're not going to get to that depth of the relationship with God that many of us long for unless we begin to trust Him and speak to Him and talk to Him and listen to Him. Prayer isn't just talking through a load of spiritual jargon to make us feel like we've done the thing. Prayer at its heart is an emotionally honest engagement with a God in whom we're in relationship with, who cares for us. And he wants to know, he wants to hear his children. There's nothing worse as a parent than being given the silent treatment by your kids. God longs for us to talk, to share, to give, to be in relationship with him. And of course, we pray to know the mind of Jesus. And I've picked Psalm 127. I realize I haven't talked about Psalm 127 yet, but Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Just a beautiful psalm. We need God's wisdom, God's heart, God's mind all the time. We need God's direction for our future. He longs for us to be part of that. And so much of our lives when we put that to the side means that it's all really about us and our plans, our energy, our vision, our direction. And Psalm 127 reminds us that will all come to naught unless the Lord builds the house. How much time have I spent or have we spent laboring in vain to try and complete our pet project, do our particular thing, when actually the Lord may be calling us to do something else, something different. How much better it could be 
to work in partnership with a God who has good plans, as fair reminders, and to wait till he's made it known and to begin to do it with him. We pray because we, as we pray, we begin to discover more and more the mind, the purposes, the will, the joy of Christ. And of course, one of the great things is that we also pray because actually it enables us to bless others, to meet the needs of others, and to know each other's. We help to lift each other up when actually there's many things in this world that can crush us and bring us down. And we can't obtain for others what they need. We can't fix people because we have limitations on what we do, but God is able and does understand. And every one of us, there's not a single person here, whatever age, who isn't able to pray for other people. There's not a single person who this year couldn't say, actually, do you know, I could really just ask God to show me some people or show me some things. What is on your heart for me to pray for this year, this week, whatever? All of us, every single one of us could do that. To be a blessing to someone else this, this morning and to this coming year. Each one of us, and when we get to know each other, we get close enough to each other, we realize that all of us have stuff that's a struggle and a difficulty but we need, we're called to be alongside and to help each other. And as we give in our prayer lives, as we give and pray for others, so actually miraculously God grows us because we give it away. Because we're generous in our prayers. We're generous in blessing others. And we realize that actually I've learned the most in prayer, probably not just by reading some books, but, but actually just by praying with other people. And I continue to learn by praying with other people. So actually all of us could, this, this uh, beginning of a new year, come and say, Lord, show us how we can pray. Pray for the ministries, pray for the people, pray for the leaders, pray for our friends, pray for those we don't know, don't know Christ yet, who we'd love to be in relationship with as part of God's church. That actually St. Swithin's, we really care. So actually we want to give you opportunities and probably we'll look to do that. We haven't kind of firmed lots of things up to see how can we grow and encourage each other in our prayer life. That There are so many different ways to pray. So many different ways to pray. And we'll take some time to, to think about that and to develop that and to do some of that over the coming year. One of the famous, uh, one of the books on my shelf as I was looking through uh, this week, it, it says, don't simply stand there, pray something. Don't just stand there, pray something. And I suppose when I worked in the NHS for about 15, 16 years, actually one of the things I kind of learned, I suppose, is to pray in a slightly different way because so much was asked of me, humanly, to do my job that I just had to take the moments to pray when I could be present with God at any time of the day, wherever I was. There are lots of other ways to pray, to make time, your quiet time. I get all that, praying in church. But all of us can pray. So I'm just going to be still for a minute. Why don't you just close your eyes. Um, let me pray. And then I'm just going to leave some quiet. And I just want actually you to get into a conversation. I'd love you just to ask God this morning. Just be honest about where you are and get into conversation with God. Tell God how you feel, what you're thinking, what's on your mind. Maybe God will gently, you might start to hear his voice a bit more clearly.
Heavenly Father, this morning, I simply pray, would you help us? Would you fan into flame the gift that is already planted this morning in people's lives? Where, where we've got discouraged or downtrodden and actually we've given up almost praying, communicating with you. Father, forgive us. Forgive, forgive us where we believe the discouragement of others or the lies of the enemy. We're sorry, Lord. And would you, would you lead us on in this coming year? Would you help us to discover afresh the joy of your gift of prayer? Would you help us to hear you again in all sorts of different ways? When we would simply discover the simplicity of bringing our lives to you and inviting you in.